The information contained in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute investment or financial advice. You should seek tailored advice that is specific to your circumstances before making any investment decision. The Good Investing Podcast connects you with successful investors and business leaders who invest in or are experts in a range of industries, but do it with a difference. We don't want to have our capital supporting thermal coal, but it is about transition and making sure that you know people have the opportunity to be part of the transition you know, and that we're thoughtful about that. Hello, my name's Nathan Parkin. I'm the Investment Director and Co-Founder of Ethical Partners Funds Management. This is the 10th episode of the Good Investing Podcast. And just a refresher on what this podcast is all about, on it we speak to business leaders, entrepreneurs, and those in society who invest in financial or other markets, but at the same time do it in the right way. This can be from a not-for-profit perspective or investing sustainably or with a particular focus on good governance. In our latest episode, we featured ex-Macquarie Group CEO, Nicholas Moore. Today, we speak with ANZ CEO Shane Elliott. There are perhaps no businesses in Australia that have more influence on Australian families than the big four banks. And as such, they have a significant opportunity to have a positive influence in so many different ways. Today, we will talk about some of these areas, and we have a lot of ground to cover. Shane Elliott has been Chief Executive Officer of ANZ for over six years and has held roles running the institutional business and as CFO of the bank. Shane has more than 30 years' experience in international banking, including in Australia, New Zealand, the USA, UK, Asia-Pacific, and the Middle East. Prior to ANZ, Shane held senior executive roles at EFG Hermes and was with Citigroup for 20 years. Shane is also a director of the Financial Markets Foundation for Children and is a member of the Customs Advisory Board and studied in New Zealand. Welcome, Shane, and thanks for being our 10th guest on the Good Investing Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I guess in terms of an opportunity around ESG, um, what's your personal view around that? Is, you know, is it a real opportunity? Some, not us, would say that the whole movement is kind of woke. Um, but what's your view on 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 some of these developments, and and are they actually an opportunity for for growth? Absolutely. Look, you know, we what do banks do? If you sort of go back to its, you know, sort of really fundamental purpose of of us, we allocate capital. So we're a little bit like a fund manager in here. We allocate capital. We have enormous responsibility, right? You know, ANZ is 60 billion of capital, a trillion dollar balance sheet, whatever big numbers. Our job is to allocate that capital to effect change. And so we actually uh, can, through our actions, who we bank, what projects, what people, what customers, where we put money, have a massive influence. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but we do the way we operate on the on the whole community. And so we have to take that with a great degree of sort of responsibility to think think about that. So that's what banks do. We 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 allocate capital to implement uh, change. So when we stand back and think about where the super trends are, the big cycles, the tra- the trends that are happening, that just transition is not only the right thing to do in terms of you know the the sort of broader purpose of the for the community it's also just a good old-fashioned massive business opportunity it is a trend the capital is going to get allocated there and you want to be you know from a business perspective you want to be there um, and lead it and and influence it so we see it as both a the right thing to do and b um, we see it as this big opportunity 
our responsibilities or and our impacts are a little bit different to other banks because we've got this big institutional bank. We, we, we're, the, we're the bank to the big end of town, you know, like every bank's got its strengths, that's ours. And so our, our real influence can be through others, you know, like by banking the right, you know, energy companies who are transitioning, the right resources companies who are transitioning, the right, you know, construction companies or transport companies that are part of that transition. So we, that's how we have uh, our influence, but we see it as I said, it's, it's not a charity. We see it as a good business and, and totally aligned with the, the sort of broader, better uh, benefits for the community. And as a transition happens, naturally there will be areas like maybe um, thermal coal and others that you're moving away from as that happens. How does how do you and how does the bank think about supporting those customers, communities where you will wind down? And you know, we believe that's a good commercial decision to do so. Um, but how would, how do you think about supporting those areas and, and businesses as they make that change? Do they have to make that change the way the world is is going? This is the hard bit. You know, this is the this is really you know we get criticised, and I understand why from all sorts of quarters. You know. At one level, the easy thing for us to do would be sort of cut and run. I mean, you know, at the end of the let's just, you know, let's just use that as an example, thermal coal. It would be easy, you know, the exposures that we have there in the scheme of things are not large. Um, we could just like get out and say and, and move on and there'd be lots that would applaud that. But when you stand back and think about your broader purpose to shape a world where people and communities thrive. I'm not sure that's really achieving that purpose for that community you've abandoned. And so the question is, how do you play a role in the transition? So yes, we need to move our capital. Yes, we don't want to, we don't want to have our capital supporting thermal coal. But it is about transition and making sure that you know people have the opportunity, companies, the people who work there, the local communities have the opportunity to, to be part of the transition, yeah, and that we're thoughtful about that. Now, others will say, oh, you're dragging your heels, you're using this as an excuse, you're not going fast enough. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the delicate delicate balance we need to get right, that we are making the changes, but we're doing it in a just way ourselves. And so we, through our Ethics and Responsible Business Committee that I chair in the bank, that's the sort of thing we think about, the speed of the transition. So what we do, and again, this sounds overly simplistic, but we... We have to back customers who are ultimately get it. So we don't just sit there with a big, you know, red marker and say, oh, you're in thermal coal, you're out, or you're, you know, we sit and go, okay, is this a company that understands the need for change and, and we're going to support them changing? Or is this a company who doesn't? And so ultimately we back those who get it, who understand the transition, who are willing to be part of that transition, and we will back those people. And I think probably the more the, probably the more apt example at the moment is really is is in oil and gas, right? Because to some extent, thermal coal is a little bit more black and white in many ways, but oil and gas is a lot more nuanced. Um, again, the easy thing for us to do would just be not do it, just abandon the industry and say, "Oh, we don't do oil and gas." I'm not sure that is actually achieving the right outcome for the broader community. Um, and so, it's about us getting that balance right. And I think setting targets out, you know, eight to 10 years on some of these areas is really useful in that sense because people know and they have, you know, then companies know and, and borrowers know that, you know, there's, there's some limit to, to that change. And at some point, you know, you'll be out of certain areas. And we think that, yeah, that's a really important part of, of communicating the intentions as well. Yeah, I think indicating your thinking. And again, it's an interesting one because, again, you get criticised. 
it's it, these are not black and white rules we can write you know we 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 sat down very early on and said when it comes to the just the broader area of climate but generally in terms of any sort of ethical decision making it's not a matter of rules we'll do this we won't do that you know that would be nice it'd be a hell of a lot easier to be perfectly honest <laughs> but it's not there is always nuance and and thing and the, and the world is changing every day as well and so you need to be able to flex but i think to your point what we need to do is is signal direction this is where we're going by in reasonable time frames and these are the sorts of things we're going to have to do along that time frame um and then you know we should be held to account um, by our shareholders and by the broader market to say, are you actually doing what you said you would do? Absolutely. And on the other side, on the opportunity side and the growth side, um, the sustainability lending and the sustainability bonds that are now coming to the market in you know large volumes, uh, are they the traditional type of lending that's being kind of renamed or rebadged or, or is it actually genuine and, and net growth for the banking sector. And, and is that a significant opportunity, do you think, for you? Well, I think there's a little bit of both. And I think everybody is right to be cautious about the sort of greenwashing that is potentially um, either with us or certainly potentially. I think there's an element of that. Um, and I think we do need to be a bit cynical. And certainly at ANZ, we really look hard to make sure this, the, you know, when we talk about things being sustainable finance, they really are. So I, I, I think that's true. But to your broader question, um, no, we, I think there is a net growth opportunity because what you're seeing is, and again, through a cycle, we're going to see this massive need for investment for that transition. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to talk about, well, you know, energy and bits and pieces and hydrogen and gas and all that other stuff. Yes. And solar and blah, blah, blah. But right across the economy, you know, the big one of the big ones is in transport. One of the other big, you know, the electrification of the sort of, you know, transport fleet around the world. Another huge one is in agriculture. So there's, there's in food and beverage. So there's lots and lots of investment required. And I think we are in a bit of a super cycle where it's going to be extremely high. And it's it's not, so it's not just, you know, a level of investment is the same. It's just changing its shape. I think there is going to have to be accelerated investment. And therefore, there's a growth opportunity for those that are well positioned for it. And just in, in terms of how you reward executives for finding and executing some of these opportunities, um, do you think that that you'll you'll see in future in the in the sector that some of these ESG factors will feature more in remuneration of executives across the sector? Good question. I mean, you know, I guess we, like many companies, uh, operate under a balanced scorecard approach. I mean, gosh, I can't. I think first time I. Seeing balanced scorecards was when I was at City, probably in the 90s, when it was sort of became the thing to do. Um, and they're still with us. Clearly, the balance within there has shifted. Yeah. And um, actually, as a bank, we are much of that balance is not only um, you know, from, from our thinking, it's coming from our regulator. Actually, APRA in many ways is dictating or, or, or certainly prescribing um some of the weightings they want to see in there so you know less about financial weighting more about operational and of course we're seeing an increase in the esg so esg has always been in there if i think about things like you know diversity statistics or things like the dow jones sustainability and some of those things have been in there for quite a while but they're clearly growing uh they're growing in in weight and so that determines overall performance for the organization but also for 
um, for for executives. Yes, there's a growth in that. Yeah. Well, thank thank you, Shane, so much. We really appreciate your time and for all of the insights that you've given here today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. No, thank you. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Shane. Thank you for listening to the Good Investing Podcast. Subscribe to hear future episodes and for more information about Ethical Partners Funds Management, visit ethicalpartners.com.au.